0: Shaul Katzen-Ellenbeigen was born in the city of Padua in Italy in the year 1540 of the Common Era. His father, Reb Shmuel Yudha katzen was the son of the famous Rav Maharam of Padua, and Reb Shmuel was the Rav of the city. The young Shaul was an ilui, a very bright student he made excellent progress in his studies under the teaching of his father, and when he was old enough, his father sent him to the yeshiva of his friend Rabbi Shlema Shur in Brisk, which was then regarded as the top yeshiva in Poland and Lita. At that time, living in Poland, was one of the most important people in the aristocracy, Prince Radziwill he also happened to be a very close friend of the polish king batory and was his prime minister prince radzivill was the wealthiest person in the entire country of poland one day he decided to take a trip around the world to visit many foreign lands and become acquainted with their people and their cultures he took along a large number of servants and slaves to ensure his comfort And, to make sure that he would enjoy himself, he invited a number of friends. He and his friends soon went through the large amount of money that Prince Radzivill had with him, and he suddenly realized that not only was their trip around the world over, but he had no money left with which to return to Poland. Prince Radzivill found himself in the Italian city of Padua, he had only one servant left. He had had to let all of his staff go. He was unable to pay his servants or even feed his slaves. The prince was in a very difficult spot. He was too proud to let it be known that he was without any money, yet he had to do something. So he decided to seek out the Rav of the city, who would surely help him in his awkward situation. Even though Prince Radzivill was of course not Jewish. He was well acquainted with the Jewish people and the Jewish reputation for kindness that he had seen firsthand in his home country. So he sent his servant to arrange an appointment with the Rav. When the Rav learned that it was Prince Radzivill who wanted to see him, he sent word with the servant that the prince was welcome to come to his home and be his guest. Meanwhile, the Rav prepared a large banquet for the prince and invited the most prominent and respected Jews of Padua to be present. The prince was enjoying the sumptuous repast, when to his great surprise, he heard the Rav speaking to his Shamish, saying, Please go to the slave market and buy me a slave. In those days, people would buy and sell slaves in the marketplace just as they would buy and sell cattle. And the owners had the right to do whatever they pleased with them, to treat them well, or chas the opposite, and no one had the right to interfere. The Rav had privately told the Shamish exactly what he wanted him to do, as he had wanted to teach the prince a lesson. So when the Shamish returned from the market with a slave, the Rav called out, in a loud voice. Excellent, now take this slave around to the back room and put him out of his misery. The Rav spoke these words so calmly that Prince Radzivil looked up in wonder. Putting someone out of their misery usually means taking their life, Khasholom. The Shamash soon returned and said, Rabbi, I have carried out your orders. Very good, said the rabbi, now, I want you to go back to the market and bring me an even nicer and bigger slave than the first, said the Rav to the Shamish, who left without a word. When the Shamish returned with the second slave, the Rav nodded his head approvingly and said, "Now do the same with this slave as you did with the first one. Take him to the back room, and put an end to his misery." The Shamish soon returned and reported that he had carried out his master's orders. Again the Rav ordered the Shamish to return to the slave market and bring a third nice slave. And this the Shamish did. Prince Radzivill, enjoying his meal, paid little attention to what was going on, but when the same thing took place a fourth and then a fifth time, the prince could not hold back his puzzlement, and he asked the Rav, I cannot help Rabbi, but wonder, what is the purpose? in spending so much money on these slaves, only to have them killed. Unless our galachim are right in what they say about you Jews, that you are truly a bloodthirsty people. Is that what they say? said the Rav. We Jews are bloodthirsty people who use human blood in our matzahs? Is that what you believe too? Prince Radzivill looked very uncomfortable, Clearly he did believe this. So the Rav took him by the arm and said, Come, I wish to show you something. He took the prince to the back room, where, to his surprise, the prince saw that all five of the slaves were sitting around a table, eating and drinking. Their slave chains had been removed, and they were now free. I want you to see Prince radzivill and be convinced that the blood libels which our enemies accuse us of, is a disgraceful lie. Our taita forbids us even to hurt an animal unnecessarily, let alone a human being. And the taita forbids us to use any of the blood of the animals or birds which we are permitted to use for food. That is why we soak and salt the meat we are going to use before we cook it. Even an egg with a blood spot makes it unfit for eating. And yet, despite all that I've told you, and that which our enemies know all about, they dare accuse us of the awful, inhuman crime of using human blood to carry out our religion. How many of our innocent brothers and sisters have been tortured and put to death because of this infamous lie? No, my friend. Anyone in his right mind, continued the Rove, could see that the horrible blood libel is just an outcome of the blind, shameful hatred that many of the Polish people have toward the Jews. These five slaves that I bought today and have liberated are being gifted to you and I trust you will treat them exactly as well as I have, if not better. The prince was embarrassed. Rabbi, please forgive me if I dare to suspect you even for one moment. I'm deeply sorry for the insult. That is not important, replied the rabbi. What is important is that on your return home to Poland, you will make sure that the Polish people know that the blood libels against the Jews perpetuated by the church are lies. And you, Prince Radzivill, must not allow any persecution of innocent Jews. I promise it with all my heart, said the prince. And when the Rav presented him, and when the Rav gave him a sum of money to use to get back home to Poland, the prince turned to the Rav and said, How can I possibly repay you for all the friendship you have shown me? Apart from repaying the money, is there anything I can do for you? I want no reward for what I am gladly doing for you, said the rabbi. But there is much that you can do, to improve the lot of the Jews in Poland. As regards repaying the loan, my son is in yeshiva in Brisk. You can give him the money. He will see that it reaches me. I know of nothing that you need to do for him personally at the moment, but if in some future time he approaches you for aid, I have no doubt that you will be good enough to help him, or anyone that he should tell you is in need of your help. Prince Radzivill wrote down the name and address of the Rov's son, Sha'ul, and left in a most settled and cheerful state of mind. When Prince Radzivill eventually returned home to Poland, he sent for Sha'ul and gave him the money his father had loaned him without asking for any security, just on his word. The prince was very impressed with Sha'ul. He admired his intelligence and his good behavior he immediately offered him a job of being his personal secretary and manager of his vast estates. Shaul accepted. He was aware that he would be in a very good position to help his poor, needy brothers and sisters in Poland. In just a few months, he had managed so well that he had become a wealthy man himself, in addition to making Prince Radzivill even more successful. Shaul, the son of Yuda, became known as Shaul Yudich. He was well-known and beloved in the royal court. Everyone admired and respected him for his honesty and his good-heartedness and his strong Jewish pride. In the year 1586 of the Common Era, when Shaul Yudich was 46 years old, the Polish king Batori died. According to the Polish custom, the Polish princes assembled to choose a new king because King Batory had not left an heir. The law of the land was that a new king must be chosen on the same day that the old king had died. The debate went on and on. The princes could not agree on who would be the next king. The sun was starting to set. The situation was becoming desperate. They had only a few minutes to appoint a king. Prince Radzivill stood up and called out, My friends and nobles, there are but a few minutes left before sunset, and we still have not chosen a king. It will be a disgrace and against the law of our land. So I have a suggestion, and I'm sure you will all agree it is a good one. You know and respect this candidate. He will act as king until we decide unanimously who should be our next king? We can trust him fully, and it will give us time to make the right choice. We can retire tonight without worry, and tomorrow we will assemble again to give this important matter every bit of our attention. And who may this candidate be, they called out. Prince Radzivill pointed to his secretary, Sha'al Yuditch, who was sitting near him. Long live the king! They all cried out. The royal crown was immediately brought, and placed on Shaul Yuditch's head. He was led to the royal throne, while trumpets were sounded to proclaim to all that a new king had been chosen. As was the custom, all of the royal archives and books of law were brought to the newly crowned king, and in honor of his coronation, he gave out new edicts and new decrees. King Shaul Yudic, knowing that he would not be a king for very long, immediately issued a number of decrees which would make it much easier for the Jews of Poland to live. One of the decrees was that anyone who murdered a Jew should receive the same punishment as one who murdered a member of the Polish nobility, namely the death penalty. Previously, a non-Jew who was found guilty of murdering a Jew could get away with paying a fine. That night, King Shaul Yudic stayed up all night, reviewing and rewriting many laws and decrees. Early in the morning began a long procession of delegations bearing gifts for the new king. One delegation was of the Polish princes, Prince radzivill and Prince Sigismund. King Shaul received them all warmly, and with friendly greetings, he urged them to deal kindly with each other. After speaking to each one, he then turned to Prince Sigismund. King Shaul Yudich descended from the throne, removed the royal crown from his head, and placed it on the head of Prince Sigismund. All the princes looked on in wonder as King Shaul Yudich called out, ''My friends!'' As you yourselves have appointed Prince Sigismund to head the princely delegation, I take it as a sign that he is the most suitable amongst you worthy noblemen to be the new king of Poland. The choice was obviously the correct one and was unanimously approved by all of the Polish nobles. So the new king of Poland was now Sigismund III. Later, when Prince Radzivill and his personal secretary Shaul Yuditch were alone together, Prince Radzivill said to Shaul, Why did you not crown me king? Is that the way to repay me, your friend? How would it have appeared to the other princes, answered Shaul. They would have surely thought that we made a secret arrangement, that you would make me king for one day, and that I will make you king for all of your lifetime. Neither of us would have come out of this situation in a very good light. Prince radzivill had to admit that Shaol Yudic was right and had acted very wisely. So he bore him no will ill, and they remained good friends. Shaol Yudic was now known as Shaol Val, which means chosen, because he was chosen to be king for a day, and afterwards he had chosen the new king of Poland. Sha'uludically Sha'ul Val, was liked and admired by everyone, no less by the new king Sigismund III, who awarded Sha'ul Yudich with a special royal medal. Sha'ul was instrumental in doing many favors for his fellow Jews, especially those in Brisk. He established yeshivas and mikvahs and supported Hamidich very generously. Before he passed away, In the year 1617 of the Common Era, at the age of 77, in the city of Brisk, he left Etzavah, a will, asking his children to follow in his footsteps in doing good and being humble. The story was passed down in the Val family, from grandson to grandson, until it was written down many years ago by one of Shaul Val's descendants the story of Sha'ul Katzen-Ellenbeugen, who became Sha'ul Yudhich Val, king for a day.